couple of episodes in now and you totally get it. The But Why series asking all sorts of questions. These dialogues are going to get more raw, more real. And I am so grateful you're here. If you like this podcast, click subscribe, hit like, send me a message. I welcome questions, comments, gripes, and complaints. Also, check out my awesome books on Amazon. Okay, here we go. Next episode of the But Why series. I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. better timing because everything, um, everything that you are working on and everything that, uh, that's been happening in my life is so synergistic. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation and, uh, you're, you're coming on the podcast at a time where we've been doing what's called the, but why series. And, um, it's really kind of having some more raw, real, intense, emotional conversations, asking questions about kind of uh, things that are, that people have traditionally been kind of afraid of talking about, things that have been taboo, um, or just things that have people fired up right now. So, can you <laughs> share, <laughs> which is everything every day? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you no know, stranger to that. So, <laughs> um, can you share a little bit with the listeners just about who you are and kind of everything that you've you've done in your life, which is amazing. So much good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'll try to give you the most abridged version as I can and hit on the, the high points and the most interesting points. So, so I'm at Lattimore. I, my, my claim to kind of guess fame and how this all started for me on the internet is I was a professional boxer. And during my time as a professional boxer, I realized that that was not going to be enough and the sport was going to, to abandon me one way or the other. And I, I wanted something else in my life. So I went to school and I guess my choice for what I went to school for is relatively unique. I went to school for physics and mathematics. I finished that degree while I was, uh, I actually had stopped fighting by the time I finished that degree and was in the military and that's how I paid for it. Uh, during that time, one of the reasons why I got my life together, and I guess I should say that I was uh, an adult student that went back. Uh, I graduated at the age of 33. I went back. I think my first class was 28. But during this time, one of the reasons why my life was so delayed is that I was struggling a lot with alcoholism. Didn't really know it at the time. I don't think a lot of people know it when they're struggling. It's not till you have that hard look in the mirror and go, yo, you're a loser and you got to fix it. Why is this all messed up? And and so uh, 28, I think, whatever that year is, I'm 35 now, still yeah, seven, almost eight years, I've been sober and quit uh, and have really made that part of my, my mission and how I can help people out as well, help people deal with sobriety. There's not a lot of, not, not a lot of guys in the space, so I don't think guys feel comfortable all the time, you know, opening up and talking about that kind of thing. And I just like to be a voice to go, yo, you know, if, if I can go out there and punch people around and then come and talk about my issues, then you can, you know, at least talk to your issues about to me. I think that's good. And then prior to that, I had, um, 
you know, I was floating around. I was born and raised in um, poverty, public housing projects, you know, single mom, all kind of typical stereotype at risk youth. And and I figured out some ways to get around that, obviously, and 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 make have a have a good life so far. So I think I hit that again. I have some books out there that I wrote, too. Yeah, and we're and I I can't wait to to tap into all that stuff. Um, as you were talking, I was just scribbling my notes down right and left because so many things that I kind of want to bring up with you. And um, one of them to start. Congratulations on your sobriety. I mean, that is something that is super admirable these days. Um, we've talked a lot about it on the podcast with different guests that I've had about the just the toxicity factor of um, alcohol in your body. And I, I can honestly say. You know, I don't think there's ever been a good thing that has come from me being belligerent <laughs> drunk. Like, I don't think there was ever no, a um, good time. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. It, it's uh, one of the things I say, because I'm, I'm not that guy that's going to come and preach to you about, you know, you should stop drinking. You know, if you want to stop drinking, then we can have that conversation. But I'm never going to be the guy that's like, yo, you, you know, unless you're really out of hand and I know you and I feel comfortable kind of stepping over that line and, and reaching. Well, with that said, you know. Uh, to speak generally on the topic, it's it's very hard, if not outright impossible, to have a healthy relationship with something that is only a net negative. Like it's only a poison. It only drags you down. And, you know, and, and one of the things that I realized when I got sober is just how much better I am socially as well. One of the reasons people drink, you know, oh, I got to loosen up liquid courage, talk all that. I'm like, nah, man, you know, I'm in my own space and I'm comfortable with who I am and I can go and just speak and be me. And I can do that without stuttering over my words or forgetting who I'm talking to or repeating the same thing, all the telltale signs of intoxication and, have a good time, you know, make, make good memories and leave a good impression on people. That's one of the things that really bothered me looking back at my behavior when I was drinking is just a terrible impression I left on many people who met me, who I may have gotten along with had they met me under different circumstances. I, that's, uh, I've heard many people who have sobriety say that. And I was actually at a barbecue this past weekend and, uh, and there were quite a few people there who were sober. And I love to see that, um, that, that, you know, we're, we're kind of able to be in that space all as a, as a family, you know what I mean? And, Absolutely. and, uh, I think that's huge progress, you know, in the world. Um, but uh, the day before, uh, we had a friend's birthday party on the down low at, the, at our local baseball field, um, softball field and second base was jello shots. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, look, <laughs> because at the end of the day, you know, I, I think I think that not everyone it's it's a combination of personality factors. Right. Obviously, you know, it's a it's it's a thing that is a poison. Right. But how how much the, the but the poison really is in the dose, as they say. And some people, for whatever reason, they there there is no comfortable dose. You know, it's always, you know, we got to go hard or go home. I was I was definitely uh, that person. And then it turns into using poison. Uh, for medicine, which is impossible. It is an oxymoron. You can't do it. You certainly try to. And the next thing you know, you're, you're asking yourself, why me? Why me? Why me? And I just, I got tired of doing that. Uh, you know, I can honestly say I've, I've never had a quote problem with alcohol end quote, but I've also, <laughs> I, I also recognize when I start to choose that as a solution to deal with something. And, and I, and I don't like that feeling. And I can honestly say a lot of my memories have been stolen from me because 
there I was drinking. You know what I mean? Which, because I I was having more than one glass of wine or whatever, and then that whole event's kind of gone. It's just fuzzy. And yeah, one of one of my favorite favorite quotes I got I've got a bunch of them I've collected is that alcohol will give you you know you'll, you'll drink with your friends that create the the nights you can't remember but well, the nights you won't forget but can never remember you know that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, and then you know the other thing. Well, and we can get into this, but so the other thing that you that you have on your website that I as I was preparing today I always kind of I always kind of reconnect with with people's websites and stuff right before the podcast recording just so I can you know kind of get in the energetic zone and um, I, I read one of these quotes that you you have here and it was so apropos for my day because I'm in such a funky space Ed. I'm not gonna lie um, I've started speaking out a little bit more authentically and uh, it's uh, been an interesting time to do so and people <laughs> that have known me for years and know how you know where my character is and and the things that I that I do and who I am and what I believe in as far as peace love and harmony and all that <laughs> stuff um, have been have been attacking me um, for having certain opinions or beliefs about things and it's it's been a really challenging time and um, I and I'm kind of the kind of person who's always been a people pleaser like I like to be liked and I don't know if that's just my old limbic system saying that I need that to fit in socially. Um, but it hurts me on a very like deep level <laughs> when people that I have known for years or people that I know and love um, disconnect in that way or even attack me personally. And you say here, never underestimate the power of being likable and controlling your emotions. Oh, Can we yeah. talk a little about the power of being likable? Because <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of seeing it as almost a juxtaposition in my life right now because um, I've always kind of taken the gray road in that sense, um, always kind of stood in the purple space, you know? Um, yeah. And now I'm really feeling uh, that people don't like me unless I stay there. And and that's been a really interesting thing. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? I know I know here you mean that you can go far by being liked and oh, controlling yeah. your emotions. But can you share? Can you talk to that? Well, well, one of the things that that I'm a really big fan of, and it might not appear this way initially, but but hold on for a minute, follow me. I'm a really big fan of of not trying to be liked. Okay, that's the secret to being likable. But that comes with a little little <laughs> caveat. It comes with a small price that I don't think many people are are quite. I think I think most people are willing to pay it. It's just a surprise. It's like when you when you see that that lawn item or you see the tax or something, and you're like, whoa. I mean, I figured I'd have to pay it, but I didn't know it was going to be that much. The the thing that you have to remember is that there's a transition period. And when you are authentic and when you when you live, you know, kind of your truth, whatever your truth is, uh, and you when you sprout your your thoughts and as long as you do it in a respectful manner, it, it's impossible to make everyone agree with you. And some of those people will take their disagreement with your idea personally and then they will dislike you and you have to be comfortable uh, with the idea that that's their problem, not yours. Okay, and that most people are still going to fundamentally like you, especially uh, people who take the time to get to know you and understand your character. The problem with the world today 
is that we believe that uh, everything that, that, that one instance is a representation of someone's entire life. And we see that one instant. We get an opportunity to see that instant on all the social media and all the platforms out there. And we don't ever get a chance. We, most people don't ever take the time to go, okay, what does this mean? Why do you think that? What can I learn from that? And instead, it's this doesn't agree with my worldview. This is something to attack. All right. So, yes, you can go very, very far being likable. But there are some some, you know, conditions, some caveats with that one. Uh, you'll go far with people who are mature enough to understand that just because you may not share the same belief about most things, you know, there are some things, obviously, where there is a, a real division, but, but we don't need to discuss those things. But but suffice to say, they're not usual conversation topics, but there's there's real division and you let those go and people will. All right, whatever. And that's, that's one caveat that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. The other caveat is that you you can never you can never really backtrack when you backtrack that's uh you you'd have been better off being quiet right uh when you backtrack <laughs> when you backtrack what you've done is you, you've you've messed things up on two fronts okay one the people who who recognized you as kind of this authentic voice that's someone that they can look up to or connect with or who's mature now they're going to question that all right, so now, so now you're going to, at the very least, put those new potential relationships and even older ones in jeopardy. And then you also are, are letting your, your attackers know they won. And if there's one thing mob mentality has taught us, if this whole, like, uh, cancel culture has taught us, they don't feel comfortable just being correct. Or are you, you conceding? That, that now you've exposed the juggler. And they will bite it and, and rip it out. And so you, you, you can never back up. You got to be real comfortable with that, that pressure and just embrace it and move with it. But those are the two caveats. You get those? Yeah, you go, you'll go extremely far. And look, look, my entire life on the Internet, uh, dare I say it, my career is based around the idea of being likable, but being myself. You know, I, I do not, you know, dance to a tune that is not one I like to move to. For, you know, just because it's popular or it's the the effectual one, it's it's the one that's in. If if it fits with my belief system, sure, and how I see the world and what I think is right, wrong, and valuable. Uh, but if it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't, and and that's the hard thing. And sometimes that requires a complete overhaul <laughs> of friendships. Hopefully, it doesn't. Um, but but that's the price you kind of have to pay to be be likable. So I'll say be likable, asterisk, and authentic. I I think there were so many pearls in what you said that a lot of people are going to have to back the podcast up. <laughs> That's excellent it. for listenership, right? <laughs> but I, I wrote one down. And, and, and just so you know, the tagline for this podcast is to teach people how to speak the truth of grace. So <laughs> um, it's, it's so apropos. But um, you, you said this in a quote, and I, I think you should put this on your website in like big, bold letters. The secret to being likable is not living to be liked. That is epic. You said that. You just said that. That is so epic. (laughs) Oh, well, that's why it sounds so cool, I guess. Uh, Yeah, yeah. you didn't even realize what a pearl you dropped because you were just in your flow. But, yeah, it was pretty epic. Yeah, I I just want more people to realize that that, that it really is like a a Zen type thing almost, man. You don't don't try to be anybody's cup of tea. You, You do what you think is right. 
and you live passionately by that and you try to do no wrong intentionally. And, and I think that's the winning formula for life. It's certainly not the, the formula that is going to make you most popular. You know, it's not vanilla or chocolate, but it's a perfectly made kind of fruitcake. You know, it's not for everybody, but someone is going to be like, yo, that's delicious. That's great. That's my thing. And you'll be a hit with those people. and You'll be you'll be loved by them and you'll feel happy, too. So I want to I want to touch on something you said, and a friend shared this with me a long time ago. So my oath as a psychotherapist is the, the do no harm oath, right? But my friend said, um, and I loved it. She said, do no harm. We teach our son to do no harm, but take no shit. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that my daddy always taught me is you never throw the first punch, but you make sure you, you're there for the last. Oh, and, yeah. And so <laughs> you're a boxer. So let, so the, I don't think there's a better person to talk about this with. Um and this has been coming up for me a lot lately because I don't lead. Uh, I, I won't stand. I don't stand for violence and hate. I don't lead that way. Right. I yeah. lead with love, but I'm also not going to, I'm also not going to back up like you, like you kind of described a moment ago. I, and I'm not going to apologize uh, for people misunderstanding my character. I, I'm not, I, I know who I am in my heart. And this has been a struggle with me lately because um, because I I also am not one to kind of back down. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just wasn't raised with that white flag kind of mentality. Um, and so 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 share your just life perspective as a former and and correct me if I'm wrong with the phrasing have heavyweight boxing champion right yeah I mean, heavyweight heavyweight boxing man it is a it is a miserable way to make a living but it's but it, you know I can say that now cuz I'm I'm done and retired and and have no intentions of ever going back but but it but it did a lot for me so when I say it's miserable I mean I mean it's miserable but it did a lot of good stuff for me but my mentality on that whole whole idea of of don't back down and do no harm etc these are are rules and are for a perfect system right but nothing's perfect we we model perfection but we don't actually live in perfection we just model it because we don't because the more variables that are behaving in their own way you introduce to a system or a set of rules the more complicated things get the more things get out of control the more chance gets involved etc why do i bring this all up because uh, one, one of them was not perfect, and people are going to uh, attack you in one of two ways. The first way is a really big deal. That's the intentional way. They know they're trying to cause harm, and that necessitates a response. You have to respond, and you have to do that because if you don't, you, you lose two times. And, and not you specifically, but the universe, I guess. The universe loses two times. Uh, one, it loses when a strong person or a person capable of defense and pushback does nothing and allows this this negative force, this destructive force to gain momentum. And even if it's only a small amount, it's more than it had prior to the encounter with you where you could have put up resistance. So that's where you got to push back on that front. But then with that, now there is a whole list of other people, a whole slew of people who have no idea that their day is going to get worse because a, a, a bad seed did not get checked, did not get stamped out, did not get pushed back or rebuked. So that's why it's really important. It's a personal responsibility to push back and, and want to universe against intentional, intentional offense. Now, unintentional offense, that's a, 
you get an opportunity here. You get you get two ways to take this thing, and maturity and strength are what are going to dictate what you do. When you're mature, when you're strong, and with that comes awareness and tools that you can exercise, you get a you get the ability to teach. I call I call them teaching moments. You know, it's not so much that. They were trying to hurt you. They did something perhaps out of ignorance or self-interest, and they didn't consider the collateral damage. And you can go, look here, buddy. This affected the rest of us, and here's how, and here's why. And if they're and if they're ready to learn, they go, okay, I'm sorry, and then they try to undo whatever they did. Then, or you can go the other way, and this is if you're not mature, you're not strong, and you escalate, and they're they're confused because it still was unintentional. And they're like, what the heck, man? Now we gotta we gotta do battle. And this is why it's really important to be strong, and why it's really important to develop a strong mental and a mental and emotional framework for not. You don't have to be a great teacher, but you do have to at least consider that someone doesn't know and be able to transmit that information to them, even at a rudimentary level. So if you, if you can do those things. Uh, you, pushing back is always the correct response. It's just how hard, how fast, and do you do it with tough love or harsh retribution? Wow. I, I hadn't really thought about it in the sense <laughs> of the different types of triggers that you're describing, like the intentional harm versus the unintentional I'm, harm and, and that sort of thing. And that's a really important distinction. Yeah, it it really is because I'm I'm of the belief that you really shouldn't. I, I I try to give malice. I make malice the absolute last resort when I when I interpret someone's actions or what they say. I I go for everything from just flat out ignorance, like they just don't know, to they're being selfish and it, and they just don't care. Because those are two things you can deal with those in a in a non-escalating manner when someone is selfish or someone doesn't know. You know, those those are two two big problems, but you can deal with them without, you know, escalating battle. But it's when someone knows and they try to hurt you, they try to harm you, they try to knock you off your center in, in any way they try to antagonize you. That has to be met with equal at least equal force and and you know that equal force however it comes about it doesn't when, when i say equal i don't mean equal in terms of form and type like if someone you know swings on you you got to go beat them down uh yes you you should not let them you know mess you up but then you'll find yourself on the receiving end of an aggravated assault charge just because you didn't defend or stop but uh, you, you do kind of have to get in the middle and go okay this is enough i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna stop this and make sure it doesn't go any further. And that is like, there's, there's no room. There's no time to talk, no time to teach. It's just got to be done. It's like disciplining kids, right? When you, when you, when you're dealing with kids, you, a lot of times they're, they're just learning. I mean, they, they, they're new on this earth. They're not always trying to like, you know, be a-holes, but, but sometimes if you perceive their action that way, then you get mad and you want to discipline out of anger. That's no good. That's not good parenting. That That's a, it's weak. What has to happen is you have to look at what's going on. You have to look at the person like a child. They just don't know. Now, when they know and they try, you know, that's why in our legal system, you try someone as an adult versus a child. The idea is that, okay, you're an adult. You should know versus, well, this was a big deal, but you probably didn't know, but we still got to kind of balance the scales of justice here. Let, let's figure out the best way to, to move forward. At least in theory, that's how it's supposed to work. 
I like that. I was also thinking about defensive driving and how that can kind of relate to that, but then how I take it quickly, escalate it to the next level when I see an Indian. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of one of those, like, I started it out with good intentions, but then I just got pissed. Yeah. Oh, man. And I, I like what you said. It's just, it, it's not a perfect world. It's not a perfect system. And that's, that's the reality of it. And, and we're all going to screw up and we all um, are entitled to do so. And as long as we circle back and close the loop and say, Hey, you know, I didn't handle that as good as I could have. Um, yeah, there's, then there's we're, nothing we're doing wrong our part. making a mistake. Like, like people are so, I'm, I'm a big, you know, I like to pride myself on the internet. I seem like, I'm like the guy, I'll, I'll always apologize and will consider anyone's stance. You know, I never yell my, my points and just think I'm right or wrong because, because I understand I've, it's a deep intrinsic understanding. I think too, and I've just developed over the years. I understand that, that we don't start out knowing anything. And even when we learn something, there's so much to it. Facts can change situations can change all all those things everything is in flux for the most part except gravity right that's like kind of gravity and death like those are the two things that are kind of like stuck i mean and other things that like you can't breathe water but but my point is that outside of like these hard <laughs> scientific facts a lot of this stuff a lot of things not all things but a lot of things are are fluid and if you're willing and if you keep your mind open scrutinize information when it comes to you that's relevant to you. you got to kind of have a filtering system so you don't get overwhelmed but assuming it's relevant you're going to learn something each time you kind of look at each time you look at something and and then it's not my place to be like you don't know that so i'm going to attack you like no if you don't know this let's learn or if you disagree because a lot of these things we look at that are not hardcore facts it's a matter of interpretation and perspective now some people they don't they don't get that they think their perspective is the truth and then to those people they they gotta go you know whatever right but but I still don't I'm still not gonna waste my 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 valuable energy and and teaching patience on trying to correct someone who is not who is hell bent on trying to tell me I'm wrong and they're not even interested in learning you know you gotta have a dialogue. I had somebody comment today on a post that I made and I just have not been able to shut up lately. I would just, if I just walked that gray purple line, I would be in such a better position. But uh, somebody said the fact that you reserve the right to change your mind is makes you a hypocrite and your words are un- invalid to me. And I, and I said, I said, no, the fact that I reserved the right to change my mind when presented with new information means I'm awake. Right. Like, like, I don't have to stick my feet in the concrete on one side or the other. If somebody brings some information to me that I find to be fact or evident truth to my to my inner truth, then I'm going to reserve the right to agree with that and go that way. Like that's that's my human right, right? And think about how dangerous that is for the evolution of our our species as a whole. And and I think more people are coming around to this way of thought, which is really scary. And that is that if you thought a thing or said a thing 10 years ago, you are not allowed to have grown or changed. You're not allowed to have matured. You are stuck with that. And, and you know, forget any possibility of learning. That's it. And don't you ever change your mind either. Don't, don't, don't you ever just change your mind because, because 
you said it this way and it's stuck forever that way. And that, that's really bad because that, that's how we, that is how all progress is made. The new things are discovered or learned and we go, Oh, well, we didn't know that. Now we know that. Let's take a different path, a different strategy to what we were trying to do to our, our happiness or whatever, right? And, and people are, are at the, at a small level, right? In a small part of their life and they're trying to extend that standard to everyone and the more people that buy into it the more dangerous it is so it's really important that you don't that that, that you at the very least try i mean I, I, that's scary that a person will write that and and not even realize what they're writing maybe they were in a place of anger but it's really it's probably uh it's way more insidious if they weren't in a place of anger <laughs> and it doesn't sound like your post was was one that would generate such an angry response. So I have to assume that this is their best attempt at a clear thought, and that is dangerous. Right. And and that's what's been really blowing my mind lately is um, how the perception of of reality has been uh, so like I, I'm just mind blown. Like I I, I mean I. I, I can't, I, for the first time in my life, I have not been able to, um, to like find that full space of understanding or of empathy. I've always been the kind of person who can say, okay, I recognize this person's behavior is because of this or because of this thing they have going on. And right now I'm like, what, what <laughs> on the daily? I'm like so perplexed. You see so and much, it, and and you're just worn down. I think many people I'm are worn down. And and you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not a god that thinks he has the answers to the collective, right? But to the individual, anyone that'll listen, anyone that I can get through to, I say you just have to remember that for better or worse, your job is not to change people. Your job is to be you, find other like minds like you and build, build, you know, if you have a great influence, great. If not, you know, that, that's how it's always been in the world. The only difference now is that we're so connected and information travels so fast. Like, I don't think people are any more or less closed minded than they were 200 years ago. It's just that one closed mind can interact with another closed mind across thousands of miles in at the speed of light. And that is that's probably not how our brains are designed to work. But, you know, th- this experiment is, is you know, showing you, you eventually get worn down because, you know, I think there's probably a lot of people who, who do agree and share an opinion like what well, maybe not the exact opinion that you share, but at least the idea that uh, people can exist, coexist with different thoughts. They can grow and they can change. But now you're bumping heads with that other small. And I, I, I have to believe right now anyhow that it is a small somewhat growing but still small uh minority that thinks that these things are impossible and they will they will just come and they will be like the bringers of darkness and just try to try try to stamp out your your candle of love man but it ain't gonna the best you can do is find other people that are lighting it and you know pull your light that kind of deal um i think i'm gonna have to change the slogan for the podcast and you're gonna have to record it because I, I, I'm just going to have to grab this audio because you said, you know, this is the BU Find Happy Podcast. And you said your job is not to change other people. Your job is to be you. <laughs> I, think, I think I've got a new slogan here. <laughs>
Um, so one thing that you kind of touched on that I find very interesting and I'd love to talk about a little bit more is uh, we rescued this toy poodle in October and <laughs> he's a oh, that's cool. and he's barking. That's it. In case anybody's <laughs> here, he's yeah. The day after we rescued him, he had 19 teeth removed, a salivary gland removed. He broke both his legs in three places. This dog's a mess. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he's just adorable, though. He's like this little stuffy. It's so cute. Um, so so you, you, you touched on a little bit cancel culture. And I am really curious about why we've been seeing such a prevalence of that lately. I mean, and I, I even saw a hilarious kind of – I'm one that kind of approaches – uncomfortable and and you know hot topics with kind of an air of humor and sarcasm and i saw this guy i forget who it is but he posted he went through the grocery store and he was pulling boxes off the shelves and kind of making little jokes and saying canceled canceled can-, you know it, it was it was really funny um and, and i i love that sort of thing um and i know some people can find that offensive or dismissive but, but to me he, truly laughter is the best medicine like Oh, the oxytocins that's you know released when you when you feel that a funny story I, I i was laughing so hard i i i was at the grocery store and i pulled out my my reusable bag and <laughs> i tossed it at the courtesy clerk because he's just paper or plastic i said oh i got my own i pulled it out I tossed it out of you know, it's just this little little tiny little thing stuffed in a little pocket he jumped back like i threw a bomb at him i mean <laughs> it was the funniest thing he goes, I can't do that. I can't do that. And I started laughing so hard. I was choking with my mask on. I mean, it was the funniest thing. And I, and then the store was like, what's happening right now? They like, they literally thought I was dying. <laughs> I was <laughs> laughing so hard, but it was great. You know I mean? It was just, it felt so good. Like I kind of felt like a hysterical person because I was laughing so hard. I was crying, but it, it was such a good release. And I think that we've gotten so sensitive. And so, um, you know, it, it, we just just can't even like have an air of lightness about us. And that's really that's been the hardest thing for me is like I like laughing and joking. I like making fun of myself. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm and if you if you spend any time in my family, I am like constantly poked and prodded like that is just what we do to each other. You know, I mean, we were in a car accident. It's another funny story. We were in a car accident, me and my son, a couple of years back. It was a really bad, bad car accident. We got hit by a semi-truck, and then we crashed into a telephone pole. Oh. At the time, yeah, it was really bad. It was two days before Christmas. At the time, my son was really, really into football. And so he came to Christmas Eve with, with his football gear on, his helmet on. And my brother says, Kayla drives so bad, her kid's got to wear a helmet. <laughs> and it was just... You know, I mean, like these days, it's like people take offense to that, you know, and it's like, no, like we can joke at each other. We can joke. We can joke at ourselves like we can lighten up a little bit. But yeah, talk to me about, I went off on a tangent there for a while. Talk to me about cancel culture. Oh, good old cancel culture, you know. Uh, so, so like, like why, why is this a thing? Because people figured out at some point that how do you, how do you hurt somebody? Okay. 
well, you you hurt them either like directly, you, you know, you hit them or something like that, or, or you hurt them indirectly. You 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 put pressure on on things, and then you you put pressure on the way they they earn their livelihood, and and perhaps if you're if you're really lucky, you you know you you get rid of their livelihood entirely, and I think. You know, I, I I definitely I don't agree with it, right? It's it's very so these platforms are are, are public domain. They are, are are private. You know, they they can do whatever they want. They can you know a company can decide to remove a movie or get rid of a star. They want to. They 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 all get a chance to do that. Here is my issue uh, with it, and I'm just all I can do is analyze it because all well, I've, I've but I'm very smart about avoiding it, and and it, when I do dance the line, I've <laughs> made a very good, I've done a very good job of building up a, a fan base that kind of insulates me from that. But analyzing what what the problem is and where I think this is going to go, it's all good when the when we can all agree who the bad guy is, right? And cancel culture goes. You got to get rid of that guy because he said that and there's enough people behind it and they're all on the same side fighting for the same thing. And they go, yeah, that guy's got to go. And it, it seems reasonable, right? The problem is when it when is when it's someone in their own ranks, someone that they support or whatever and already. And they're like, okay, that 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 person has crossed the line. They got to go to that. They've wrong thought or wrong said or something and said something we don't like. And that is going to create a a kind of witch hunt atmosphere. Now, most people aren't going to have to worry about it. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, uh, whose cancel culture really affects? It affects people who are big enough to be canceled. Most people aren't going to be big enough to be canceled. But then it trickles down. It goes, you know, I'm going to try and get you kicked out of school. I'm going to try and get you fired from your job. I'm going to take screenshots of, of you saying this, you saying that, and show it to your employer. Uh, now, now, part of this, um, I think, I think there is a certain – line you shouldn't cross you know if you're dropping racial slurs in your in, in your text messages to people well you you gotta know that that's gonna make people unhappy and they're gonna fight back however they can with that said <laughs> some of this stuff is is out of hand you know i want to i want to go back to where we can make a joke or say a thing and a person can be uh, they can laugh, and you know some people aren't going to find it funny. If you, if you look at comedy, you know this, this is why Dave Chappelle is so great right now. Dave Chappelle is it has flat out been like, I, he made a joke about it, and then went on to still do some of the most uh, offensive comedy. That uh, it was hilarious, but it was hilarious because because we we still laugh, we still respond to the same things. You can't change human nature. It's funny. The comedians have kind of always been those people that can do that. That's great. Yeah, but if that, you look at, that, yeah. I was just going to say that's really true. I mean, the, the, <laughs> and, and truly like comedians, I, I feel like are necessary in our world. Like I feel like absolutely. We need them. <laughs> if we don't, if we don't I have, we can't make fun it. of this stuff. I, yeah, no. So, so, but what you said, it just, I just jotted it down because um, I had a friend who um, 
was retweeting some things on her Twitter, not even saying them herself, but retweeting them. And somebody screenshotted it and sent it to her employer and said, you know, how could you have this person who supports this? And she retweets these things and she should be fired. And, um, and then her boss shared these, shared the fact of it with her, but wouldn't tell her who. And to me, it's like, you know, anonymity is just what perpetuates everything that's happening. Like you have to be responsible at some, at some point, you have to be responsible for what you say and do. Right. And, and I think that, you know, that how that has happened is created a real problem. I feel like anonymity needs to be canceled. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, I, I mean, I am like the biggest uh, proponent of that idea. I, I am a big believer in, in two things, really. Uh, one does not go over so well, but I think a lot of people can get behind the first thing I want to say, which is our agreement on anonymity and it being removed. Because when you have to put your well, I like, like, okay, so so why is it a big deal, like to try and cancel people? Well, because because they 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 say these things on the internet and they try to like go be another way, right? Uh, in, in real life, and we feel like we're dealing with a monster, and that or something to that. Like you say these things, but you work here. What's well, the disconnect? Because because they're not going after like 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 if I say something about gambling and how everyone should, should spend money, I'm trying to think of think of something. All right, if, if I talk about how good it is to be drunk and be a fool, and like and I run a liquor store, what are we going to do, right? I mean, that's kind of what I'm supposed to be telling people. Maybe not outright, but <laughs> the, the idea is like, uh, right. But, but it's when there's a disconnect and that's when people, you know, freak out. They're hoping that there's some disconnect. You're going to like the public eye. And if you're not, whatever. Right. You know, I, I had my own issue with, with dealing with cancer. The one time I dealt with cancer culture, uh, they forgot or they didn't know that I worked for myself. So I was just having a ball, you know, they, they couldn't do anything <laughs> and just, you know, one guy even said, if you work for me and you said that, uh, we'd, we'd fire you. And I'm like, well, I don't have a job. So there you go. Uh, so th- there's that, <laughs> but, but like, yes, I, I, I don't like, I understand why people have it, but we would be, a, if you could just make people have to stand behind their words and face to face, you know, that's something we're missing. I don't know how old you are. I'm 35. That means that up until high school, and and even slightly after, uh, we had we had a problem. We said it to somebody's face. You know, there was no social media. It was bare, there was instant messenger. That was like the big thing. Uh, but you when you when you had an issue and you had or you had an opinion and you wanted a bunch of people to see it, you kind of had to stand behind it and say it. And and that either 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 you were strong enough to do it or you didn't say it. Okay, so so I'm a big fan of of not being anonymous. If for any other reason, then it forces you to consider what you put in the world. Because as much as I'm I'm for free speech, I'm for free speech with responsibility and trying to put you know make the very least not intentionally going out there and trying to destroy people with no gain other than malice, which is what a lot of these people are using it for. Are right, and enemy. So get rid of that. The other thing is like you know. Someone told me this was legal in the UK. I don't know if this is real or not. I'm not a UK citizen, and if anyone is listening, they can, you know, confirm that I. So if you got a problem, and the other guy's got a problem, you can get together and fight about it. 
And if you guys both say we're fighting about it, the cops can't come and do anything because, you know, you guys agreed to fight about it. Uh, and, and if you had to stand behind, <laughs> if, you, if you have to stand behind, you know, pissing somebody off with the the, un, the unfortunate force that may come with that, uh, I, I'm not quite sure where I stand on there being a such thing as fighting words, I words that can cause physical, that, that can, that were the necessary or appropriate response to them is physical violence. But I'm I'm not I'm not foolish enough to think that I can say anything and there be no consequences for it. You know, Pe- people still have emotions and still react. And look, look, if the law was exactly. a strong to keep somebody from doing something stupid or violent, prisons would be empty. No one would ever get no one would ever get convicted or, or for murder or nothing because it's against the law. You know, they wouldn't do it, but that's not how it yep. works. People you will still react. You got to be aware of those consequences. So if we got rid of those two things, um, and then me, and the, uh, we got rid of being anonymous, and we also made people have to kind of stand behind what they say, and for anything that comes behind, then they can fight over or whatever. You know, who knows what happens? Someone says that an armed society is a polite one. I'm not too inclined to disagree with that idea. Assuming they're trained to deal with the you, you know what. What you said about malice, too, is just really important. I mean, you know, it's like I fought with my brothers like nobody's business. You know what I mean? (laughs) When I say like, oh, I don't believe it. You know, I don't stand for violence and hate. That doesn't mean I don't stand for a good fight. Like, (laughs) that's a different thing. You know what I mean? Right. My brothers and I went to blows as kids. Um, But then we also you know, made up and, and to this day, we're the best, best of closest, you know, buds. Like, I mean, I see my brothers multiple times a week, you know, and, and a lot of it is being able to shrug stuff off is being able to joke with each other and poke fun is being able to have a balls out blowing fight and recover. And I think that, I think that's part of it. And this is something that was, um, I think is, it's been lost, you know, it's like, yeah, because because to yeah, make to make jokes, you have to offend. Like, like the the now maybe not like just you know the, it's got to be. That's why they call it a sense of humor, right? You got to have a sense on how to deliver it. But at its core, most of the things we found funny are at the expense of someone else. Just inherently, that's how humor works. The problem now is that we're very sensitive. And and some things are off limits that aren't necessarily mean. They're just not polite. If that makes sense, like it's not like it's not a a it's not binary. It's not polite impolite. It's like a gradient. And humor is is like in the gray area, a little on the impolite side. And that's why it's funny. You look at like George Carlin. He's famous for 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 bits that just. Mess with people and the, all the comedians of, of, of old, the great ones, the, the George Carl, George Carl, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryors, all those guys. Uh, those that that, that humor was not they they it, was, it wasn't politically correct, but it was funny and we loved them for it because to to make jokes you so have that, to you have to you have to bug people and that's how we get brought together. That laughter though, it's funny how that works. It's like it's like uh, alchemy. It totally is. So, so let me ask you this, and this is kind of an intense question. You can pass if you want, but do you think that as a society, we have been indoctrinated to our sensitivity? Do you think that we have been oh, taught what a great question. that we're bullied or whatever? 
Do I believe that? Um, indoctrinated intentionally, because indoctrination implies some level of intentionality. Uh, I will say no. Do I believe that it perhaps is the side effect of a slippery slope that was intended to do some good? Sure. Because here's the thing, like, like, uh, there's like the big idea of anti-fragility, right? The, you know, you get something knocked around and it gets stronger. That's kind of how humans are. We, we get bullied and you, you, you learn to fight, you learn to defend yourself, you learn to get along, you learn some type of skill to deal with violence. Uh, you get offended and at someone like calling you fat, for example, and, and what you should do is, you know, go get in shape, right? That's like the idea. Okay. Those are, those are two like somewhat heavy handed examples, but they, they, they demonstrate the general idea that you need, you need, um, a disruptive attacking force that could wipe you out if you're like not on your game to foster growth and development in society. The, in fact, you know what an even better example is, uh, and and wherever you stand on on the COVID issue is your your thing. But one thing we forget is that for most of human, for most of society, if not all of it, bugs came, people got sick, and they adapted. And that's how we were prepared for the next one. We see the same thing in forest fires. We we used to do controlled burns until we realized and learned the hard way that oh those that, little that fires was, yeah, that start. Yeah, those little fires that start, those keep us from dealing with really big fires that block everything out because they burn our bush. There is a level of destruction. There's a level of attack. There's a level that that, that has to happen for us to be better in the long run. We take little breaks so we don't get a big one. We take little losses so we don't suffer a large one. Right now, the problem is we're trying to get rid of all the little losses, all the little things. The the, the worst, the, the thing I hate hearing most is the concept of a microaggression, for example. Fortunately, that, that one's kind of went away because everything is just now outright racist. But it's like the idea of a microaggression. These are little things that you're supposed to adapt, deal with, have conversations about if they make you uncomfortable, if they, if they actually make you uncomfortable. But then... They disappear, and and then the next thing that happens is it's just like outright. It's like either you're in a clan or you're not in a clan. It's like whoa, that was a quick jump. <laughs> uh, right? so but, but you, we need, yeah, well, no. we absolutely need that. And I think it started out good. We started out wanting to get rid of, you know, like, like for example, it, uh, equal rights for everyone, regardless of their their race, gender. Uh, whatever, whatever their sexual orientation is, that's a good idea. That's what right? we need. Sign that's how, that's how that. society moves forward. Sure. sure. The problem is when we can't make fun of somebody. We've been, we've been making jokes forever about about like black people, white people, uh, Asian, Hispanic, gay, straight. We're making jokes about everyone. But when 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 something becomes protected, then that protectively you you lose the ability to deal with that humor. To have a sense of humor, to, to be able to poke fun at yourself, it, it almost takes away from part of humanity, I think. I love that. Yeah, and at where I stand on COVID is that the plague, a.k.a. the fallout, has is way worse than the virus ever oh, could have yeah, been. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's where I stand but on you know, that. You, you say those things. What, what I've learned, you know, um, my, my opinion on the matter is, is I, th- I treat it like a Pascal's wager, right? Uh, and I don't know if you're familiar with Pascal's wager. The, the whole idea is that uh, if heaven and hell exist, then you gain then then you gain everything by 
by like being a righteous Christian and following the, the 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 Ten Commandments and all those things. But if it doesn't exist, the worst thing that happens is you become a better person. And that's why Pascal's wages. So in other words, like like there, there's no stance that we're to, to to act as if it doesn't there's no benefit to acting as if it doesn't exist that's the whole idea with pascal's wager that's how i feel about a lot of the precautions taken on the individual level it's like wearing a mask treat it like pascal's wager if if covid is is going to be as destructive as, as we're told then you have saved quite a few lives if it isn't the worst thing that happens the worst yeah, we our flu numbers are down this year you know as a result flu now <laughs> And and you'll be a little uncomfortable that, you know, whether whether it is a mass, you know, the fallout and everything that happens, that's a, a, a different discussion. But but the whole idea, though, is is right. It, it's it's a small, a small thing with huge asymmetrical payoff if you're correct. But almost nothing happens negatively if you're wrong. So you just you just follow you just, you do the thing that's going to give you the huge payout if you're you're incorrect you follow the insurance policy uh, so to speak. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, there's one more thing that I want to touch on before you go, and I know we're coming up to the amount of time that we have, but you talk about um, letting go of resentment to realize your potential. And I think one of the biggest aha moments that I had today was like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to let go of some of this anger and turn it into something productive because otherwise I'm just going to sit and spin and stew. And that's not, I'm just going to stay on the hamster wheel. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how to let go of resentment? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and, and remember, I always like to start these kind of conversations with the idea that, you know, resentment and, and holding a grudge is like, you know, swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. It doesn't that that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to sit there and stew and be angry and all all torn up. And this person's going to be living their life. And, you know, you're going to be the one with the spike cortisol and a terrible disposition and and the overall just miserable life. Right. So anyhow, how do how do we what is the practical way? Wait, before before you go on, I just want to interject really quickly and say a friend that was in disagreement with me, quote, friend. Um, the other day on social media said, I would burn a city down too in the name of justice for my child. And my response was, I wouldn't because I know that the path to healing is through forgiveness. And so that just kind of aligns with what you just said. You know, holding a grudge is like swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. That is so money. That is so powerful. Uh, so I, I just wanted to interject that and in, in in a concur. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's a very powerful idea, but 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 uh, but like a practical step by step method, you know, to, to go about this. I think the first thing you have to remember, and this is a hard one. This is the hardest thing, but it's it's, it's like a first principle. You have to remember that the person is acting in their own best interest, and it has nothing to do with you. You're just collateral damage. And you would probably do the exact same thing in their shoes. That doesn't mean um, that you that that you are excusing the action, but you're you're learning to understand it and understand why it happened. And that is like the first. That's the first step to 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 do anything with a person, whether it's you want to defeat them or help them to understand why they're doing what they do. Because then from there, that you can go, okay, if if I get why they're doing that. 
then I can, then that is going to lessen my negative feelings because then I can see in those actions, because what will happen is you see something very human. You see something that you have in yourself. You see that if, if you're put in the same circumstances, you do the same thing. And then you realize, well, do, do you hate yourself? If you don't hate yourself, then you're looking at the action the other person took that you could see yourself taking and you're able to let go of some of that that uh that hatred that malice that you hold towards them because in that that brief moment and it's usually brief it doesn't linger that's what we have to revisit that's what we call forgiveness of process in that brief moment uh you see that person as yourself and you love them and that is a very powerful thing no matter how how messed up it is you know the thing they did when you're able to step back and see them through your own eyes really understand why they did what they did you get you get a small instant of of our love i guess that's the best word i have for it and that works very well to counteract certain things and it really fosters understanding like 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 i'm not saying i feel that immediately when something wrong happens to me but what does happen immediately is i try to understand because i'm a strategist i'm a strategist or strategist at heart and so that that kind of comes naturally to me but I think everyone can learn to at the very least look, why did this happen? And and not what did I do or why is this person and they hold let that happen? Like, no, like, no, what the what was their thinking behind this action, behind saying that? Why do they feel this way? You get that, uh, you know, you 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 now you now you've now you've got that common ground. It might be a, a small ephemeral common ground, but it is there and you can use it to to uh foster a better connection and that connection even if you don't actually act upon it in reality that's going to help you let go of a lot of that resentment that you have because it's very hard to feel connected and resentful towards someone i i think that that is incredibly powerful and such a beautiful thing to end on and i think so many people have been struggling lately with uh differences of opinions that are leading to resentment and in kind of dealing with the fallout so I think that that is such apropos advice. I think everything we've talked about today, Ed, is like <laughs> life changing. Um, such, such just an awesome conversation. I'm so grateful for, for you taking the time out to, to come on the podcast. Um, and for me, just in my life, the timing just couldn't be more, you know, serendipitous. So thank you so much. Can you share real quickly where people can get your books? And I'll also put that in the show notes. Oh, yeah, no problem. You know, the cool thing is that uh, if, if anyone is born after me with my name and they want to do something on the Internet, uh, they're going to just have to get another name or, or do something different. I'm Ed Lattimore everywhere. My Twitter handle is Ed Lattimore. My website is EdLattimore.com. My Instagram is Ed Lattimore. My Facebook is Ed Lattimore. If you type Ed Lattimore into Amazon, my books will come up. I'm 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 right there, just Ed Lattimore everywhere. If you are wondering how to find anything that I produce and can teach and hopefully help someone out with. Oh, so so thank you so much, and I will definitely include all of that in there. And I hope people connect in that way so they can get some more of these fabulous pearls that you dropped today. Thanks so much, Ed. Thank you very much. You have a good day. You too. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.